Romancing the Dungeon is intended for mature audiences, as this show contains adult themes. But, like, not those kind of adult themes, unfortunately. Just sensitive stuff that some audience members may find upsetting. Content warning for specific episodes can be found in episode descriptions. Romancing the Dungeon, a softcore D&D podcast about heroes navigating their daily lives while looking for love in a world full of peril, monsters, and heartbreakers. You wake up being shook rather violently like you just feel a, a pair of hands kind of grab you and just kind of yank you out of your bedroll there is a screaming flurry of ice winds all around you and as your eyes kind of adjust from the haze of a dream that you were just pulled from standing over you tugging you out of your, your sleep you see Grace kind of looking down at you kind of perplexed wait what's what's happening Pack up. We, we we have to move on. There's a storm after rolling in. The charts are all wrong. We're way off course here. If we if we don't make it to the pass by tomorrow, well then, I, I don't think we've got enough to keep us going. That job, that Father Sops, why why does a priest in the middle of nowhere need an amulet from the Underdark? We, we, you and I need to have a, like a real conversation about the next couple of jobs that we take on. I'm, I'm not really down for well, going down here again for a while, if you get me. Turn it, turning into an icicle? Um, frigid would be a more uh, appropriate word. And she kind of like gives your shoulder a squeeze and just kind of shoves you back a little bit. Uh, and she begins to kind of pack up the, the rest of her belongings easy for you to say I'm still in my bed clothes and I start helping she looks over her shoulder and kind of just cocks an eyebrow at you and just shakes her head with the small camp that the, the two of you had made all packed up she kind of gives a look around and then from a small uh, satchel on her uh, on her side she kind of digs into it and she just pulls out a hunk of rations breaks it into two pieces and then looks at it and looks at you and then breaks it into two more pieces and then puts one between her teeth and then hands you one as well. Uh, keep it. I trust you with food more than me. We gotta, we gotta get going. We, we do, but I'm not carrying your ass up that slope. So get something into you and then I won't have to. Otherwise, I am tying a rope to your ankle and dragging you. Grace just kind of sets off, kicking kind of a powder of snow across where you had made a campfire. Gives you a nod, pulls her scarf up just over the bridge of her nose, pulls her hood up then and pulls it tight and just continues through the the wind and the snow. Your vision is obscured. It's dark. It's cold. As, As much as you might hate to admit it... A job from a, a, a priest about fetching an amulet from the Underdark. It, it's not worth it. Give me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. That is actually enough. That's the first dice I think I've rolled 
in God knows how long, and it's a natural one. You trundle on behind Grace. For a moment, you're 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 kind of fixing on the the job. Something she said, it didn't make any sense. The father stops. Is he's dead? And then you're like, no, wait. How 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 do I know that? No, that doesn't make any sense. And it's it's just kind of a a thought comes up. It's more like a memory than anything else, but it doesn't make any sense. You've met the guy once. He sent you on this uh, this quest, and now you think he's dead. And you're like, okay, it's it's either food poisoning from the ration that you just ate. It's either uh, tiredness from the sleep, uh, or it's just you're going mad. That's what that's what being down in the underdark does to you. Every now and again, you just up in front of you, you'll see Grace stop, kind of scan the horizon, and just kind of hold a hand up like a kind of a fist, and then she moves forward. She's she she seems to be sort of on alert. This kind of happens by your best guess nearly every twenty or thirty minutes that she seems to be kind of just checking. There's a numbness that comes to being in the cold uh, for an extended period of time, and you feel it kind of every now and again biting uh, at your extremities. Shaking that off, you see that Grace has kind of come to a stop, and she just points up overhead. You're not entirely sure, because she it wouldn't be something she would do normally, but you just kind of see her shoulders kind of just, like, relax. As you see, she points up at two huge cliff faces that loom out of the horizon just stabbing through the wind these jet black rocks and you know it as your marker for your way in and out uh, of the Underdark. You have passed the hardest trek of this. From here on out, it, it, I mean, there's still there's still all the problems with being in the Underdark that come with all that, but at least it's not cold. At least it's not, you know, a constant blizzard. Grace kind of picks up the pace a little bit. Give me a perception check. Okay. That is a ten. You can't be certain. It, it, again, you're not sure if it's just tricks on the mind or seeing things that aren't actually there, but for a moment you you thought you just saw something shift out of the corner of your eye and as you turn you just see just this haze uh, of snow that is all around you and as you turn back you see that Grace is kind of now in a jog uh, running towards this out of that snowstorm you hear kind of a a trigger pull or a kind of a a wire snap before you have a chance to realise what's happened uh, you just see Grace shot uh, in the arm with the force of it, she's actually knocked over to one side, and the snow around her uh, is uh, sprayed with blood. She lets out kind of a holler, pulls the bolt out, throws it to the ground, and just screams at you to get down. I draw my sword, and I just run over to her and kind of stand over her defensively with my blade and shoulder in the direction of where the bolt came from hitting her, and I just call out to show themselves. What do you see? I like it, it's 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 impossible. I they they there was nothing. Thing I I I kept an eye on everything around us. There there there's no way we were followed. Well, no point standing around waiting to get shot again. We should keep moving. She kind of gives you a nod, and with that she bolts and she's running straight for the underpass. Give me an athletics check uh, at disadvantage. Oh, nineteen and a seventeen. So that's a nineteen. 
you both just start running, but either it's the shock or the adrenaline or the cold or whatever it is, but you bolt past Grace and you see her just tumble in the snow and kind of fall forward and there's blood still kind of gushing down her arm and she just looks up at you, Thane, just get out of here. Uh, And she kind of turns to kind of sit up and draws her crossbow and fires into, well, kind of into the direction where she was shot. And you hear a scream as a rather lucky shot from uh, Grace catches whatever is following. Where you saw her fire into, you now see seven forms moving and you see a band of drow raiders. Three of them take a knee and fire uh, with their uh, hand crossbows while the other four continue there to, to rush towards you. Two bolts just whiz right past you. Uh, one catches Grace and she kind of hoists herself up and is kind of standing on her left leg, putting all the weight on it uh, as she she stares down at the crossbow bolt. All right, I will use my movement and I'll run right up to Grace, take that same position, kind of standing in front of her in the direction of those trying to get the three crossbowmen, but also those four guys approaching us so that I'm giving her cover so that she's not going to get uh, pin-cushioned by those three guys. And I draw my uh, short sword along with my scimitar and I point it forward, angling it at the four swordsmen and in Elvish I say, do you really, really want to do this? Something is kind of shouted back at you and Grace just kind of leans in against you saying they're not very happy with the fact that we've taken the lockers and with that she kind of you see her kind of draw her double bladed scimitars up they glow the the one on her left naga the runes light up blue uh, and white while fang uh, on her right sparks kind of clang from it uh, as if it was being struck by an invisible hammer and it just lights up on fire and she kind of holds it fast bringing both up in front of her ready. At that moment, the four drow with their uh, short swords drawn just charge straight in. Uh, as the drow raiders just approach, you just see their white hair just kind of being tossed by the wind as their deep black and purple skin uh, is offset against the snow all around you. Their features are razor sharp and jagged. And before one even has a chance to take a swing with it, Grace just plunges Fang straight into his stomach and he is engulfed in flame and she kicks him uh, from the blade on her right leg and then winces in pain, stumbles forward and brings her blade up to deflect the second drow. She winces and Grace just slashes Naga right across her and where she does, you see that the chainmail armour the woman is wearing, it's licked by frost and then there's blood. And Grace just kind of like catches her breath and looks up at you. Thane, you kind of step out of the way as the other one lunges forward and you catch his feet, tripping him. He stumbles and you're able to bring your blade down his back, cutting through kind of a hole in his armour. Grace, despite the, the bolt in her thigh, she, without kind of moving her feet, she kind of turns and lowers and dips her body. And she just kind of looks up. Thane, I, 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 I don't know what to say. This is probably... You know, the most fun we've had in, oh, about two days, dear. Yeah, let me tell you, it was getting really, really boring up until this whole 
battle for our lives in the storm in the middle of the night, I thought. I was going to die of boredom, but I'm just going to die from dark elves instead. Oh, Pishpot, I've, I've already set one of them on fire, and the others, I will be fine. And she kind of brings up her blade at that moment and just blocks uh, an attack. The one that's on the ground, you just, uh, as he kind of scrambles up to his feet, you don't let, you don't let the attack uh, falter. And you bring your blade kind of straight down against his back and he falls to the ground. The guy who dug his blade into you, your side, uh, takes a step back kind of to hold his stance. You just swing out and you catch him right across the throat. And you just hear Grace just kind of mutter under her breath. Okay, there's no need to show off. I killed the first one. She drops to the ground, bringing both of her blades with her and rises rather rapidly, cuts through the air with both Naga and Fang, ice and fire. The drow woman in front of her is just encased in ice. Then would you be a deer, please? Yeah, without a word, Thane just uh, takes the hilt of his sword and with his other hand presses it over the wound and snaps the stem of the bolt off. Uh, and, And they say romance is dead. And she just leans in and kind of gives you a kiss on the cheek and then just puts one arm around you. The two of you kind of trundle up the rest of the climb towards that cliff face, those two giant walls of black rock. Everything kind of gets a little bit hazy and you kind of feel your head growing heavier and kind of a dizziness coming to the to the front of your mind. Just when you can't really see any further or feel yourself being able to take another step further there's a voice you, you can you can just hear grace outside you she's talking to somebody and it's but you you can't make out what she's saying or who she's speaking to and then you hear the sound of a door opening thing for are you are you going to spend the entire time in bed now that we, we, it, it's been a week wake up uh, the blankets pulled away from you and you just feel a cold not the same as in from the Underdark, but just kind of like, oh, I've just been exposed to the, you know, to anything outside of my covers. Ooh, hey, whoa. When you nearly die and get burned alive and killed by a demon, I will let you stay in bed for a week. That's not the strangest thing you've ever propositioned me with. I just thought that we could maybe go and meet that priest, give him this bloody locket, and we could collect our reward, and we could go home, and, you know, you know, rest up in a, in a, and and no offense, no offense to the fine establishment that is the prancing mule, but I kind of like to be in my own bed. I don't know about you, but... Wait, where are we? We're an herb. I told you, I told you not to drink. Something smelled really off with the food. Your solution, as it is always, is to just flavor it with wine. And you know who taught me that? You did, so... I will ignore that slight on my cooking, because I'm in a very good mood this morning, Mr. Greyline. I was speaking to the the, the woman we met last night, if you can remember her name, um, Ella. She had said that the the priest's home is just across the the square. Well, I guess, lead on. There's only so many places a priest can be, right? She kind of gives you a look as you say that, and she's like... Yes, there is only so many places that a priest can be. I feel like they're not allowed to go other places, you know, the, the robes and the book and the, the teaching people and the children, you know, they've got a lot going on and they're usually pretty boring. 
Is this your way of telling me that you now want to pursue a monastic lifestyle? All I'm saying is I really could do it like a solid week off. I'm not saying I would believe and buy into it, but it would be nice to wear something that breathes down there, you know? We can get you a really nice free-flowing undershirt when we get back to Tezra. Does that work for you? Yeah, I do miss my last one. I got blood on it. But then again, you were stopping thieves from breaking into our house. I'm going to go see a priest about some gold pieces. She moves through the doorway, closes the door behind her. You, you can, from the other side, you can hear, yeah, that's what starts to make sense. It's, it's, it's conversations. It's, it's, you can hear kind of people ordering drinks, people talking, clinking at glasses. That's, that's what you were hearing. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 12. When you hear the, the conversation coming to the other side of the door, a thought rises and you're not sure it's as if you have a memory that's not your own. It's difficult to focus on, it's difficult to concentrate on. You've been here before. There was a huge party. There was there was some fire ganassi doing some really interesting dance moves uh, on top of the bar and it everybody was really enjoying it. There was drink flowing everywhere. As, as hard as it is to concentrate on that memory, it kind of fizzles away. All, all Thane thinks of as he tries to, like, grasp this thought, like, smoke escaping through his fingers, is just the same words getting quieter and quieter in his head as he's trying to think. Heavy petting? No. Yes? And he puts his clothes on. Uh, fully dressed, you hear uh, again. You can hear people outside, kind of talking, and you can you can just hear Grace. Uh, she seems to be talking to a local person. Something about meats at a meat market. Tavern seems to be quite busy. Yeah, from what you can recall, it was quite a small space. Hmm. But yeah, there there seems to be a few, a few people. I go up to the countertop at the bar and see if there's anyone there to make conversation with. Maybe the barmaid Ella, who we remember from last night. As you come out of your room uh, and out into the tavern floor, you see there's a few people around. You can see kind of Grace kind of chatting to a few people and she kind of looks at you uh, as you kind of approach the countertop. You don't see anybody around, but uh, on the other side, there's a small little doorway and you can hear uh, humming. Uh, as I'm waiting and I, I kind of look over to Grace and I make eye contact with her and I make the kind of general hand signal for like... Hungry? Water? Anything? She she nods at, like, water. I'd love to know what the hand symbol for water is, by the way, as well. It's like, what? Is it like, like a W? <laughs> no, it looks like another really, another hand symbol that is also really not safe for work. Okay, well, she gives that, she gives the kind of, oh, yes, that's often mistaken for that other thing, but yes, I would like water signal back to you. <laughs> that's that's how deep our relationship is. She, she knows yes. when it's the water one and when it's the other one. <laughs> The other one, yeah. yeah. At first she was a little like, oh, really? And then she was like, oh, wait, no water. And she said, oh, actually, yes, I would like some water. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I give, like, a determined but not too demanding kind of rap on the countertop at the bar. I'll be I'll be with you in a moment. If, if you're looking for some, some food or drink, if you if you want to just come back and help yourself, I'm, I'm just preparing something else. Thane just shrugs and he's like, sure, and hops over the bar. I mean, you could have walked around, but Grace just kind of rolls her eyes and kind of chuckles to herself as she sees you hop the bar because you don't know how countertops work, apparently. Nope. 
<laughs> Never learned. Again, you, you see the kind of the, the doorway and you you can just kind of see the outline like of a woman standing there as you pass through. It's it's very strange. The door the hallway here couldn't have been more than five feet, but it seems to stretch on in front of you. It it doesn't make any sense. You can still hear her humming, you can still see it, but as you approach, it seems to just get further and further away. As you kind of go to look over your shoulder and you turn around you kind of smack into uh, a load of shelves that, that rattle. There's a smashing of a bottle and all of a sudden this blonde-haired woman and Grace press into you and the three of you are kind of enwrapped in, a, in a, quite a passionate kiss. You feel kind of really overcome by all of this. Give me another wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, that's a 19. When you pull back from Grace after she kisses you, it's it's not, it's not Grace. It's this, it's a sh- it's a Shaderkai elf with sort of lavender hair, just these dark dark eyes, and she looks at you and her cheeks flush a little bit. You just hear Grace speak Thane, and shaking your head, the Shaderkai elf vanishes, and Grace is standing there. What the hell was that? Uh, a, a rat. It just bolted out from under the floors and a nearly a huge huge rat then I'm I'm talking about why you and I and you and her and uh, her and I all just started making out well I was really confused by the big rat and ev- we started making out uh, and the, the woman kind of the, the blonde haired woman uh, takes uh, a step back I uh I I I I don't know who you, who you people are. Can I can I help you? What are you what are you doing in the the Temple of Devotion and Purity? Um what are you doing in the Temple of Devotion and Purity? I say really confidently. <laughs> Give me a persuasion check with advantage. <laughs> uh 19 with advantage, but I've minus 1 on persuasion. So that's an 18. I'm here with my my husband Giles. We 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 volunteer at the temple. We we work with Sister Lilu and, and Brother Ardot. Are you new volunteers? Yes, we were looking for the sign up sheet and got lost. You know the corridors here; they kind of seem to really stretch and and turn. And and I, I my spatial reasoning is really bad. Yeah, his spatial reasoning is just the worst. I always say that thing, don't I? I always say that you, like, you know, if I, even if you had a map, you would just get lost. You tell me that every morning when I wake up so I don't forget. I do. Every, every morning. Because my memory's also bad. It's, it's, it's the worst. Oh, uh, well, um, thank you for that. Um, I'm assuming that's how you all introduce yourselves here in the, the temple. Um, um, I'm gonna go. Uh, Thane, we're, 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 we're the sign-up sheet, right? We're, we're going to go sign up. Yeah, we have that thing. Yes, we'll, we'll do the thing and then we're going to sign up. Lovely to kiss and meet you, I, right? Uh, there's, um, there's some glass on the floor uh, that might, you might want to sweep up. And Grace, it's one, of the, it's one of the only times, Thane, you can remember seeing Grace actually flush with embarrassment. Uh, I kind of turn around and I and I my hand goes around like the, the small of her back and it's like yeah we're gonna go thanks for the devotion and purity 
Grace kind of heads for the door uh, and out the corridor uh, and, and kind of Grace just leans into you. Okay, thing, what the hell was that? I mean, it was good, but like, what the hell? I'm as confused as you are. I have no idea. We should probably leave. No, yeah, definitely. I also, I do not want to run into another room where we get accosted on our mouths. Yeah, I am, um, you know... I take it back. This is on me. We were heading back to Tezrab, saw the temple. I thought, I just thought, you know what? Maybe there's a spa day, some treatments. We could just, you know, spend some of the gold. Let's just go to the gate, get our stuff and get back out onto the road. I'm pretty sure I saw an inn, uh, you know, a couple of miles back that we could maybe, st- maybe we could just stay there. Yeah, it was, it was something like the wasp. Yeah, like, like the insomniac wasp or something. Yeah, no, I can. I'll, I'll take that over this definitely. Let's, God, let's go. You're at the gate. There's a guy kind of standing there, and it's like, oh, you, I, I, you had a blessed day then. So blessed, um, big time that we're just gonna go and, and 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 kind of internalize that somewhere else away from all of this, all of, all of this because it's just so much the two of you kind of step around the, the the volunteer shaved head quite tall quite broad but very kind of softly spoken and he kind of just takes a step to the side to let you kind of into the what's effectively a cloakroom and you're rifling through just a box thing and you come across you come across your weapons and then in the pile of all of it you you just kind of see what looks like a chessboard. As you pull it out, you turn and you're in a really fancy looking inn. And you see three kind of sprites just flitting around the room. Uh, small, The smallest of the three kind of flits towards you. Um, if, 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 if you still want to play, I, I'm, I'm almost finished. I, I, I just have your order to deal with and then... Then we'll then then I can teach you. You know what? Sounds great. Take your time. I'm I'm really comfortable here. There's no rush at all. Uh, what was your name again? It's Pandora. Yes, Pandora. Sorry. Yeah. No, take your time. <sighs> Bra, she's gonna wipe the floor with you. And this sort of muscular pixie in a very very tight shirt kind of flits towards you. Um. You. Your missus didn't exactly leave a drink, so what can I get you? You know, I could actually pick you up and mop the floor with you. Bro, don't be starting, because chill. All I'm saying, I might get a job here, and you might get demoted to cleaning equipment. Nah, the, bo- the boss lady loves me, and he kind of flexes a little bit. She'll definitely love you if you bring me that really nice house special. Oh, got it. And he kind of, he flicks off, and he just kind of over his shoulder, double Jaeger. And he, he flies towards the bar in, in the centre of the room. There's footsteps descending, and with that sound, there's just two women laughing. And then behind them, some very heavy footsteps thundering down the stairs behind them. Uh, as you see Grace sort of arm-linked with this pale, raven-haired woman, both of them wearing deep moss-green dresses, uh, Grace's is shoulderless. She's just, she's radiant. She's utterly radiant. Behind them, you see this Goliath in a kind of a casual shirt and trousers. And he he kind of trundles down behind uh, Grace. And the owner of this this inn, Morag, 
Oh, Thane, Morag has said that there's some stuff upstairs that you might be able to borrow as well. You know, if you want to change out of the clothes we were soaked in when we got here. I, uh, I, I explained our situation that we were, we were mugged by a band of, well, whatever... Who lets who lets an eight year old girl lead a gang of marauding bandits? Clearly, some very weak bandits, or a very strong eight year old. Neither of us were particularly comfortable, you know, brandishing weapons at her. So we're a little light on coin until we get back to Tezrab. So I was explaining to Morag that when we do get back, we'd be more than happy to send and and pay and pay for the bill and. Uh, more it's fine honestly honestly you are you are my guests here at the jasmine garden and um my husband and she kind of she leans uh, she leans into the goliath he will see to it that in the morning you have a horse uh, it won't be buttercup but, but by the sounds of it you're probably better off without that nag you could say that again. And uh, thanks again for putting us up and uh, giving us all these really nice clothes. And I, as I nod to her, I just kind of like take Grace's hand and like lightly kiss and go, you look great. A wonderful inn, uh, food, drink, fantastic company. And now my husband pays me a compliment. Did I die? No, but we did get mugged by an eight-year-old. There is, a, there is a, a residue of shame. So maybe we don't tell people when we get back what happened. Yeah, no, we'll just leave that uh, where it lay. She kind of pats you on the, the arm a little bit. Why don't you pop upstairs, clean yourself up, change, we'll have a meal, we will watch you attempt to win chess, and then we can settle in and be home in Tezrav, you know, in a day or two. She leans in and she just kisses you uh, on, on the cheek and kind of gives your arm a, a really kind of tight squeeze. Couldn't sound better if... No, it just couldn't sound better. And I smile, and I go upstairs. Can you give me another wisdom saving throw? Uh, that is a 9 plus 2, which is 11. You look back at Grace. Standing next to her, you see this twisted, uh, almost deformed uh, woman, or creature, rather, in this torn, muddy, rotting green dress. There are wisps and strings of hair pasted to her scalp her skin sags her lips are cracked and bleeding her eyes are sunken into the back of her head her arms are slightly elongated her fingernails cracked and your head just grows cloudier and cloudier and as you kind of spin around you find yourself on a city street you're in Tezrab it's late in the evening and Grace is bartering with a, a messenger courier about bringing the horse that you had received from Morag back along with payment, having sold some of the stuff that you had acquired in the Underdark. The city is not your the city is not your first choice of home. It's not a place that you necessarily feel the most comfortable. Grace convinced you that it was a great place to kind of to set up, even if it's just a temporary home. You're close to work. It's not as big as Galeshire. And you watch her kind of haggle and you see her just kind of run uh, her fingers kind of slightly just through her hair, just kind of pulling it back a little bit. And she shows just kind of the nape of her neck. And you just hear kind of a, a laugh 
from her and then she just watches she puts her hand on the arm of the the halfling man he flushes in the face a little bit and grace just slides over a a small box and then three gold pieces nods her head and turns and walks back to you and gives you just kind of like two little tiny finger guns like pew, pew, and a wink okay it's official i still have it i mean i didn't i i, I didn't think you ever lost it frankly she kind of takes both of your hands in hers and she just gives them a squeeze and she pulls you a little closer to her home and she kind of cocks her head yeah the sooner the better this place smells really weird. Fine, I will I will give it to you. The city does smell weird. She stretches out her arms and kind of rolls her shoulders a little bit. I believe somebody promised me the longest, bubbliest bath in the history of the, the known world and worlds to be. So, Mr. Greyline, lead the way. She slides her fingers between yours and she just walks beside you. You're not running for your lives. You're not shuffling awkwardly out of a a temple where you accidentally, you know, three-way kissed a member of the staff. You're not wincing from embarrassment, having kind of been fleeced by an eight-year-old. You know, you're not standing shivering in the doorway of a, of, of a tavern. It's you and her. You're heading to your home together. You see the sun dip below the horizon, uh, and the sky is just this burnt orange and heavy purple, and it's the... It's one of your favourite scenes and one of your favourite things about this time of the year in, in, in the autumn and in the fall that just the cycle starts to begin again almost and there is still a bit of warmth from the summer there but there's a crispness that winter is just around the corner. As you move across Market Square down the, the, the main street towards the arts district where you and Grace have your, uh, your loft on the hill in the distance you can see the, the, just that grand house that looks out across Lake Capulet and seems to stare down. And for such a scenic and, and picturesque view that you have all around you, the mansion stands there firm and cold. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Twelve. It's like a static noise uh, in your ear, like a kind of a, a buzzing that has kind of come out of nowhere. You can't quite shake it off. The sky is black with smoke and there is just fire engulfing the house on the hill. And you feel Grace just kind of tug your arm and suddenly your feet find themselves climbing a stairs. There's a, a door up in front of you and you just see outside it Grey Line and Stormfield. She leans against the door and kind of gives it a heavy nudge with her shoulder and the door kind of groans open. You find yourself in this long, open, loft space, uh, wall to ceiling with bookshelves, cabinets with various trinkets and treasures in them, a table covered in unfurled, uh, unrolled pieces of parchment. In the far corner, you just see a large bed still unmade to the far left uh, in that corner there is a walled area and grace is just beelining for it and as she kind of looks back over her shoulder at you bubble bath remember promised and she kind of looks at the sink uh, and the tap and 
a a small stove. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, getting straight on that. You get yourself ready, and I will get the everything else ready. You start, you get the the tap going, you light the stove, uh, you fill uh, a large kettle. You grab a bucket and you, you fill about halfway up and move into the bathroom. And you see Grace has kind of lit a few candles. She's undressed from her the, the clothes that she had uh, been wearing and slipped into a kind of paisley green silk dressing robe. A few moments later, there's a whistling from the kettle and you, uh, again, you fill the bath with it. This takes a couple of trips, but bubbles uh, and fragrant aroma just sort of waft out of the bath. Grace walks towards you, wraps her arms around you and just kind of holds you there for a moment. Mr. Greyline. Yes, Miss Stormfield. It has been an absolute pleasure spending the last few weeks uh, with you. There have been some choice moments that you and I have agreed on that we will never speak of. Correct. I don't think I would have, well, not only survived, but enjoyed myself if it had been anybody else. Well, I don't think I would have survived or had to make such choice decisions for choice moments if I had done it with anyone else. So when you think about it, we sure do make for a pretty good story, don't we? We make for the best kind of story, Mr. Greyline. But every good story has an ending. Yeah, isn't some of them are really bad, though. Some of them are just like they go to bed and yeah. they fall asleep. Or everything catches fire. Well, try not to do either of those things. Uh, because this is where... Thane, you and I, we part for like just just an hour or two. You go out, read a book, consult your charts, remember that I was correct and that you were wrong. And I thank you, and she gestures at the bath. And I say this with the greatest of respect, as much as I absolutely love your company, I would like some me time. I would also love some me time. That me is you, but we'll get to that me you time, me being you. Later. Enjoy your bath. That was the second sexiest thing you've ever said to me. And she closes the door behind you. (laughs) (laughs) You hear just kind of the sound of cloth hitting the floor. And then she, the sloshing of water. And then it just goes quiet. What are you doing in this time? Probably just tending to my gear. Making sure it's kind of clean and in good nick after everything we did. Pain in 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 this in the last kind of two adventures that he's gone on with Grace, he's been spurred to journal what he's what he's been doing and like keep written notes about it just in case anything ever comes back to haunt him or he needs to make sure don't go down this forest path or don't rent a horse called Buttercup or if you see an eight-year-old with a load of gang members, just stay the fuck away from them. But yeah, he kind of sits by the window and he gets like a cup of tea and just kind of looks out of the city and just writes for a bit. Grace has her has her bath. You have your sort of post-session, uh, kind of reflecting on notes, things that you did, new paths in the Underdark, other things to not do you take care of your weapons. It's your form of decompression. To most other people, it would look like work, but it sort of sets you at ease somewhat. It kind of just relaxes you. But 
as you sit there haunched over some of the charts and you're kind of scratching out some of the paths and, and you've drawn like a an angry looking little eight year old girl uh, at the corner and you can't, you're trying to place her name but you can't you can hear something coming from the bathroom kind of a, a whisper kind of put the put the quill down for a minute and I look over and I listen can I make out what's being said? N- no, but you can discern that there's it's Grace whispering and there's somebody else. I will get up and slowly and steadily ninja walk in closer to the door, again trying to see if he can pick up any words being said before getting too close. Give me a perception check. That is a 16 plus... For 21. You hear your name, you hear Thane Greyline whispered. And then what answers back you, you can't understand, but Grace is saying something about about you and your heart. You can't understand what the other person is saying, but you can hear Grace and she sounds agitated. I step a little closer and kind of get within a foot of the door and just lowly breathe in and hold my breath so not even breathing gets in the way of of what I'm listening to. There's just silence. I I, I pretend to walk loudly towards the the bathroom like how's the bath going everything going smoothly there's no answer okay uh Tane kind of reaches one hand uh back to his back where like kind of a dagger is kept and he keeps his hand kind of resting on the handle as he takes that extra footstep forward and slowly pushes the door open and looks inside as you push the door open, uh, a wall of steam leaks out. And as you open it further, you see that the entire room is filled with, at first, what you think is steam. But it doesn't smell like the lavender uh, drops that you added to the bath water. You don't smell Grace's perfume or anything like that. It smells like the mist and fog in a swamp. There's a stale, earthy stagnation to this in front of you and it clings to the air. I try not to panic and I push the door open a little further, unsheathe the blade, keeping in reverse grip and step into this swampy mist. Moving further into the room and the bath is should be right in front of you but you, you can barely see it and you can barely see the person in it but stepping further in uh, and again holding your your blade it's 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 definitely quiet and you're about a foot or two from the bath and as you kind of lean down to to try and get a better look the figure turns and you just hear the sloshing of sludge like water as they move their whole body and these pale bloated, wrinkled hands grip the rim of the bath and the skin slips and sags and this form heaves itself out of it and you just see this 
shapeless woman in soaked, dirty white and grey rotting robes, her face obscured by a veil and her jaw just her her, her jaw, her mouth, her lips grey and black and purple with just ichor dripping out of them and she slumps and falls out of the bath in front of you, a crumpled mess I take an incredibly shocked step backwards and again just looking down at whatever this is, waiting to see what it does. As you take a step back you press into someone I freeze Grace that you? You hear just the sound of someone kind of swallowing, just kind of a their throat and their breathing and their heart is pounding and without them saying anything instinctively you know it's grace I take my hand off the dagger that's still at my back in halfway out of a sheath and I just kind of press that hand to her what is probably like her waist and just kind of give it a, a knowing tap and hold my other hand, my left hand, out forward between myself and whatever this lady is. Two things happen at that moment. As you reach back and you find Grace's hand and you brush against it, she pulls her hand away. And at that moment, the woman drowned on the the floor in front of you slaps her left hand down uh, into the floor and it cracks and she starts to push as her form this twisted broken malformed creature starts to push itself up and kind of clamber and climb grabbing onto the bath you see the enamel crack and rot uh, under her touch as she stands up and you just see this creature, this abomination, this this woman with a, a gown and a veil standing there in front of you. You can't see her eyes. She doesn't seem to be breathing and water just drips off all around her and she takes a step forward. I don't move and this time I grab the dagger without thinking and shift my shoulders pointed towards and go okay you're going to stop right there I don't care who you are you're gonna stop the figure stops and just holds out a hand and and points straight at you with its index finger okay that's a start I am thing and this is our bathroom who are you exactly There's something about men's hearts, Grace, that you need to understand. And the creature speaks. The words are gargled in her mouth for a moment. And her voice rings in your ears, Thane. They're not as tough as ours. Men's hearts are fragile. They 
may grow and they may become bigger and larger than you and I, that is a biological factor. However, they can and should be controlled. You understand what this will mean, Grace. I own Thane Greyline's heart. If I give it to you, well, I lose something, something valuable. He can have his uses, and he doesn't ask questions. So what is it you propose to give me in exchange for your husband's heart? What is going on? You you look at the creature, and you when you turn to look at Grace, you just see this painful scowl on her face. Her eyes are filled with tears. Her she's gritting and biting her teeth, and she's pointing an index finger at you and the creature as well. Why, Thane? Why? Why what, exactly? Why didn't you come and find me? I don't know what you're talking about. We're here right now, aren't we? Show him. And as uh, as you say this, the creature's hand just snatches forward. Three fingers just kind of glide against your face and they linger for a moment. And you see the underpass and the ambush. And you hear Grace's scream and there's an avalanche and you're buried and you can't breathe. And then there's darkness and a voice calls out to you and a promise to live again in service. But you would be alive and you see the Grey Lady and you feel her hands break your skin, twist your bones and draw the beating heart out of your body. And she seals it away in a jar on a shelf. And then you're in Galeshire. And then you're in Visage. And there are so many people. There are so many hearts that you find and you break and you gather and collect and you give them to her in her service. And then you find yourself in the city of Tezrab and there's a new target, a priest but a worry that you would draw too much attention and the need to bring in a small group of people that could help you with a, a task. And there's an amulet that needs to be found, but for you, it's, it's his heart. It's, it needs to be... She wants it. She craves it. And you will get it for her. And you see them, these three people... Nate, a half-elf bard, Hephaestus, Fire Ganassi, Warlock, and Fia, the Shaderkai elf rogue. And they'll do. They'll fit. They'll act as cover. And you can just disappear. 
but it doesn't go that way. There's a force beyond anything you've even felt or ever come in contact with beyond the Great Lady. And suddenly these three people are with you night and day. They are brash, undisciplined, they are petty and they are uh, childish and yet you feel a sense of belonging with them. You feel a sense of camaraderie, a responsibility, that bond developing after each and every single incident. The bandits in the forest, the demons in the temple, the hag in the old woods, the fight at the Flatstum estate where they put their lives on the line for you and for each other, and you did in kind, and that sense of family. All of it happened. And you don't see Grace. She wasn't there for any of it. And when you think of her, you think of emptiness and sadness and longing, drowned in guilt and fear, and you just hear Grace ask again, Why? You were alive. You could have come to me. Uh, he looks and goes, because I, I didn't know. I didn't even know who you were, who you are. I was so lost. And I still am. And I only had whispers in my mind that you were something more than a dream. She looks down and blinks the, just the tears away from her eyes. Do it. And the hand that lingered on your face, on your cheek, drops and it slithers down your neck, over your shoulder and right over your chest and your heart is beating and you feel the fingers force their way through the skin, breaking bone and gripping your heart. I was those whispers. And then the heart is just pulled from you. The grey lady holds the heart kind of between the both of you. Now, a deal is a deal, Grace Stormfield. What will you give me in exchange for his? And Grace just looking you dead in the eye thing and not taking them off of you. I can't forget. And I won't forgive you. But I can't live with this pain. And she just turns her head and she looks at the grey lady. Mine. You can have my heart. 
and you just see on the creature's face under the veil that covers her features this twisted smile just wrinkle across her cheeks then we have a deal a heart for a heart and she reaches out violently uh, rushing right past you Thane grabs Grace plunges her fingers into her chest and draws out Grace's heart and seals it away behind her can I move? Can I do anything? Can I talk? Give me um, give me a wisdom saving throw. That is a 10. There's a pain coursing through your body, but above all else, your mind is just rattled and you're feeling kind of a disconnect with yourself, but you feel, you feel a voice still. I kind of, I'm not even able to say anything as I see this happen, but as I look at Grace, I'm able to like eke out a few words and I just look at her and go it's fine it's I think it I think it's always been yours and whatever else he says gets caught in his throat and if she's looking she just sees a really struggled pained face she moves like she again you see her kind of trying to tear herself away from where she's standing and you're almost within arm's reach of her and she she just kind of moves down trying and you see her kind of fighting against it as she kind of drops down trying to meet your eye a little bit uh, Thane the grey lady presents your heart between the two of you and you watch as it slowly starts to crystallise into this blue shining stone and she closes her hand around it and when she opens it there is a silver chain and at the end of it a carved piece of blue stone it is yours Grace but it is not Thane's to give you it's mine and she places it around Grace's neck and everything goes dark thing. Hey. Wake up. Thane, I told you the charts are all wrong. You you messed up. We're we're not even close. We're not even close to the pass. What are you talking about? It's Oh, we got caught in a storm? Uh, you feel, again, these hands grab at you and kind of pull you kind of out of your slumber. And you just hear and feel the wind screaming all around you and staring down at you. Uh, you see Grace Stormfield kind of half scowling, half smiling, half smirking. Uh, her her face, her hair, her neck kind of all kind of protected from the, the wind and the cold. Come on, get up. We're... We, we, I cannot spend another day and night in this godforsaken hellhole. This job cannot be worth it. No, it isn't. Come on, let's get moving. Uh, as, as you pack everything up and, and begin to head out, Grace kind of turns, and around her neck you just see a silver chain ha- hanging free from it for a moment, just outside her coat. You see set in this 
metal clasp a carved blue gemstone and she grabs it, looks at you and smiles and stuffs it back uh, kind of over the neck of her coat and down and pulls the strings close, pulling her scarf up over her face and the hood over her head. Come on, you, you promised me a bubble bath. Yeah, I did. If you can, you know, keep up and I head out. And she starts to run ahead of you. And the whole thing repeats itself. Again. And again. And again. Her husband's heart around her neck. Grace Stormfield has been drawn into the clutches of the Grey Lady. That's it for this week's episode. A big thank you as always to Ghost of Red Mountain for our amazing theme song Haunted. Make sure you check out their YouTube channel. I'm Declan, your Dungeon Master. We're back in two weeks for another episode. Until then, why not check out our Discord server, D8 Dungeon? You can back the show for some sweet rewards on Patreon. Leave us a heartfelt review wherever you listen to your podcasts or tweet us your thoughts and emotions at D8 Dungeon. (laughs) 